You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 16 of Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined by the pride of PlayStation who can't stop playing his Switch, Sean Babiak. I'm tired and I'm sick, and I think you feel that exact same way. Join the club, but I'm going to put a fake face on and make this the damn best show you've ever experienced while sick. Thank you to everyone live in the chat for coming out to the show. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. All you have to do is search Podcast PXN, and you will find us on there. Remember, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. First item on the PXN News of the Week, we have Death Stranding that we have completely forgotten about the last, what, two episodes? No, just last episode. Well, just just last episode, and actually it just came out not that long ago, so it wasn't out when we did our No, last... just the review discussion. Yeah, just reviews. So, Death Stranding is out. What are our impressions on Death Stranding? So, let's uh, emphasize that we have not played the game whatsoever. And have no desire to um, do so. I have a curious desire, but that's it. It's it's just out of morbid curiosity to see what it's like. Same thing when everyone was talking about, like, uh, Gone Home. Like, I didn't know what they like were Gone all to- talking about. Yeah. And so, I wanted to experience it. It wasn't a game that i found enjoyable but i'm not a walking simulator person Mm. uh but to say the reviews are mixed for death stranding would be being liked i mean it's basically you either love it or you hate it there is no in-betweens according to hideo kojima everyone in the united states or america hates it and everyone in europe loves it which isn't really true well, it's idiot. I mean, first off, Kojima can say and do what he wants. He's earned that privilege in gaming culture. He has time and time again been able to produce massive hits and complex stories that even when I was trying to explain to you Meta Girl Solid today, I still couldn't even <laughs> do it justice for you. Um, the main thing that I'm seeing from this game is it's not really what any of us expected. Hmm. No one really expected this to be, quote-unquote, a walking simulator with some action thing, yeah. uh, movements. I mean, I think everyone was thinking of a spir- yeah, spiritual successor to successor to tactical, tactical espionage action. Mm. That type of stuff that Metal Gear Solid always sold itself on. Um, so I do think it's interesting the direction that they went in for this. Yeah. In my eyes, for my type of game, it mm. does not look like that direction is going to all steer me to want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I guess only time will tell how well this performs in the end. I, I don't, I don't think we should ever take review scores, uh, to be the end all be all of a game yeah. infamously. And I'm sorry to bring this up cause I know Daniel's about to go lash out right now. Uh, so I don't even touch him real quick. Dan Stapleton, you were very unhappy about his Prey review. Oh, Jesus, yes. Granted, that came out, I think, right before the game launched, if I remember correctly. Uh, Yeah. Um, And then it got re-reviewed and all that stuff, but that review was not the end-all, be-all for that game. Mm. Now, it did tarnish it, as you said, but um, it's not the end-all, be-all with it. You and I both have favorite games that maybe didn't review so high. Right. Um, 
And that's just, it just is all depending on who it is that's playing it. I've heard a lot of positive things about Death Stranding, mm-hmm. but everything that I've heard that's a criticism from people in the community that I respect and that I think they have similar interests as I do, it really makes me steer away from it. Yep, I agree completely. I, I completely respect what Kojima is doing with it because he wanted to do something completely different and kind of create his own uh, his own genre almost. But I he keeps wanting to say a, a social strand genre. I don't see any other person or game developer copying this and making a social strand game. I just don't see that happening. I very much applaud Kojima for creating something very original, and he's always been one of the people in the industry that creates new, new, ta- new types of experiences, not necessarily just games, because he is talking about wanting to do movies and uh, produce TV shows and stuff like that in the future. Uh, so I think that will be kind of interesting to kind of watch and see what Kojima does um, moving forward, but... Yeah, Death Stranding, very, uh, very much mixed. Um, obviously, the people that like it like it a lot, and the people that don't really don't like it. So, I, I do appreciate the conversation around it in yeah. game uh, journalism, just because no one is all saying that this game is awful. All right. they're really saying is that it's just not my game. Right. It, they did not anticipate like either the controls or just the movement itself or the gameplay to be what it was, and mm-hmm. they just did not find that to be an interesting part of the game. Well, yeah. uh, they've all uh, unanimously complimented the graphics, uh, the cameos and the voice acting and all that stuff, and how everything's looking out. It's just this whole rebuilding America type thing by Absolutely. building roads, and that seems to be the major social aspect, like how you get likes and stuff like that, which obviously I hate social media, so yeah. that's already a turnoff right there for me. Um I don't really understand. Like, I, I apparently a lot of the story has been spoiled for us via the trailers. Yeah, which, that last one that was like eight minutes. Long. Cool, I guess. I yeah. mean, again, I, I look forward to this being a PlayStation Plus game down the line. Yeah. I think that's when I'll check it out. Uh, but personally, this does not seem like something that I am going to spend money for. And I know mm-hmm. you're kind of the same way. We both love actually PlayStation exclusives yep. or just games in general, obviously. Yeah. But it's just you have to kind of pick and choose over which ones you want to commit that time to. Agreed. And to be fair about Kojima's uh, comments about the whole America's thing, like he, that was all translated. So with how things are translated from different languages, that's not really... I guess fair to for us to judge those words because that may not be the context of what he means and that may not be the exact word. he's a kidster anyways yeah so i i don't really i give him the benefit of the doubt because it's hideo kojima he's he's not gonna you know i'd just be curious so this game wraps what does the support look like now with it because we do know it's an ever-evolving social game yeah um and then what does his next project in the future look like? Because obviously the fans are basically split on this as far as like liking it or not. So what does that mean for his next thing? Does he dive back into what he knows Yeah. Uh, while keeping the story incredibly fresh and vague? Or yeah. does he kind of double down on this and this is the direction he wants to push things? For sure. So uh, next up on the PXN News of the Week, we've got some new news on uh some video game movies and tv shows so 
Uh, kind of to start it off here, The Witcher uh, TV series on Netflix has already been renewed for season two, and we got a new trailer for uh, season one last week, right? Uh, it was October 31st yeah. was the day that it launched. We yeah. didn't talk about it, but the season two renewing already yeah, is that's pretty, pretty big for a video game yeah. pseudo uh, series. And I know a lot of people are excited about this just because it's going back to the uh, books, um, original source material instead of like basing it off the games. Obviously, it has a lot of influences from the games as well. Um, but as far as like the storytelling is, they're, they seem to be harping back to the books a lot more than, than the games. Yeah, I think they're... I mean, I, I do think it's funny that they made an emphasis to say the books instead of the games when... I feel like these days The Witcher is more known via the games than the actual books. Mm, Um, Specifically, like, the imagining of Geralt is really from the video games themselves. Which, can I just say, I absolutely hate the voice actor for Geralt. It just, it seems really bland. I've never been a fan of Geralt, uh, his voice actor. I just, uh, I mean, he's written as a bland character from the sounds of things, and then obviously when you play the game, he is too. Yeah. The one thing I will say about what makes me excited for this series is not just because like Netflix likes to greenlight everything and then go go go, but I really actually appreciate the fact that the casting is Henry Cavill, and while he might not be your favorite actor, I totally get that. He, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily blame him for Superman's miscomings, um, but. The fact that he actually campaigned for this to be part of it because he has been on record saying that he's played The Witcher 3 yeah. 10 times and beaten it. Which is awesome. Uh, that he like loves this game, character, yeah. story, all this stuff. So I really feel like he's going to come at this series with not just like a lot of hard work, but just like love into that character. Yeah, whether, you're, whether or not you like the casting is one thing, but like... You can't blame them for bringing in somebody who absolutely loves the series. That's I personally love that kind of thing because that's someone who's you know is devoted to that franchise. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like here like whenever you hear about a character like somebody gets cast in an iconic role and then there's like yeah I researched it afterwards and I was like I really like this. It's like yeah. Well, I mean I get that. That's cool that you like it now, but I liked it. We liked it beforehand, and Henry Cavill's that type of person that, like, he loved the games before any of this was happening. Yeah. So that's really cool to see. Agreed. Uh, another movie, video game movie news item is uh, the Sonic movie redesign. So the redesign was actually headed up by the artist who created Sonic Mania's art style. So I don't know if you knew that or not, but... Yeah. That's super interesting because Sonic Media has a very different art style than what the movie even shows. And I don't know about you, but after watching the new trailer with the new visual style and the jokes that were in that uh, trailer, I'm really actually excited to see this movie now. Whereas before, I was like, oh, this is awful. I don't want to see this at all. Like, it has completely turned me 180 uh, wanting to actually see this. I don't know what your thoughts are. I completely agree. I mean, it looked god-awful before. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like, cringeworthy as far as, like, Sonic. And I wasn't, like, on board with this movie to begin with anyways because I don't have an attachment to Sonic. But after seeing this redesign come down, I think it was yesterday, yep. uh, I am like actually more on board that I want to see this because it looked decently faithful, not only visually, but comedically as far as how Robotnik, while being this ge- genius, constantly is foiled yeah. by this hedgehog. 
And, like, that's kind of how they presented it in this trailer, where it's like, yeah. he can sound smart, but he's just an idiot. I, and I yeah. think Jim Carrey obviously plays that role very well. Perfect cast. Yeah. yeah. They actually did something that I thought was better in this trailer, which was leave out James Marsden. As great of an actor as he is, like Westworld and stuff, like, the movie's supposed to be about Sonic. And yeah. that's what I felt we got with the entire trailer. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think it's awesome that they did this under a year after such a huge fan backlash. Yeah. And they already had this trailer out. Now, I know the movie's obviously gotten delayed out of this. February. I, yeah. It was supposed to be this holiday season, I thought. Yep, yep. Um, but I, I still think it might have a chance to be one of the better video game movies just based on this redesign alone. Yeah, I Because I think fans are going to buy in now that they saw that they put the effort in. I agree completely. And shout out to the artists that went out there and completely redesigned Sonic and put in the hours because you know that they spent countless hours redesigning the, oh, whole, yeah. the whole movie. So uh, The last uh, piece of movie news is uncharted's uh adaptation for the big screen has cast mark Wahlberg, which you may be saying wait a minute didn't they already do that they did back in like 2016 when uh the uncharted movie was kind of in one of its second or third iteration they cast mark Wahlberg as nathan drake but then he ended up bowing out after so long because there was so much turmoil directors were going in and out Seth uh, Rogen at one time was supposed to write yeah, with Evan Goldberg. Yeah, exactly. And so now Mark Wahlberg has actually been recast for this movie, but now at, in the role of Victor Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, for Uncharted, which is super interesting because you're basically getting a super young version of Nathan Drake with uh, Tom Holland, and you're getting a super young version of Sully with, obviously, Mark Wahlberg. So... This is going to be very interesting to see where they take the story. Like, are they going to do like an origins type story? You and I talked about this before. Like you said, this is like an Indiana Jones type thing. But for them to do Indiana Indiana Jones, I feel like Tom Holland has to be presented as like a little older rather than being like younger. He can't be like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming young like presented in that way, if you know what I'm saying. No, I, I, I would agree with that. The only thing is, is they have to realize too of... I really hope that they do take Neil Druckmann uh, into everything because, as we saw from Uncharted 3, that Nathan Drake had this knowledge of ancient civilizations even when he was a child because he was explaining stuff to Sully inside the museum. Yep. So I hope that they lean on that, that he's not just some acrobatic kid that can yeah. like steal stuff. He's actually very knowledgeable. Yeah. yeah, it's like... It's like what we always say about Indiana Jones is that, like, yeah, he can kill Nazis and all this stuff, but he actually, like, knew his stuff. I agree completely. Uh, So next up on our news, we've got Dreams has a release date that has reportedly been outed uh, by retailers for Valentine's Day. So Dreams has been announced for what it feels like a decade at this point i know it's not a decade but it was shown off during the initial the initial uh, reveal reveal for ps4 which was 2012 even though they didn't tell you that it was dreams but at that point 2013 yeah. yeah so six years and the game's still not out which is just i mean this is almost crackdown levels of delay because crackdown was shown at microsoft's first event uh back years and years it ago. is and it might have a similar out showing as crackdown yeah unfortunately i mean the, the idea of dreams is a really great idea like creating something that uh people can get their hands on and create cool things with but 
The problem comes back to, are you going to get enough people that are willing to create stuff for free, essentially? And Project Spark was very similar on Xbox, and I was very much in that community for a while, and I had fun with that. But after a certain point with creation games like this, uh, people just fall off a cliff and, and move on or go to other things. There's no doubt in my mind that we'll see some cool things from Dreams, but I'm just concerned about the long-term success of Dreams. I don't care either which way, personally. So, yeah. and I don't mean to be that, just be, I guess, down on the game itself, but I am in that mindset of, I if I have a game, I want to play that game. I don't want somebody to create that game for me in the community or be the... Uh, person that actually has to do the creation now i say that full knowing full well i love mario maker right. i really do but i think because mario maker well can't be complex it is simple because literally your whole thing with mario is just to get him to the goal yeah that 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 is it i mean then the bottom line is for you to do that whereas dreams it's whatever you want to create that right. type of thing and that is all well and cool and i'm sure they've the, part of the reason why this has been so delayed and stuff like that is because they've gotten a lot of that criticism. And so people, they had to develop some sort of game already there at launch instead of just say, hey, create everything. In a few months, you'll have something to play. Yep. I just think it's almost a too little, too late situation, uh, my opinion. Honestly, if I'm being real, I think this is kind of spelling trouble once this releases for Media Molecule. I, don't, I, I feel like Sony had to get this game out at some point. And if this Valentine's rumor is true... We know it comes out then. Yep. But they obviously wanted to get this out. It's been such a long investment. It was the first thing shown, that type of thing. But I, Tearaway did not sell that great, even though, Vita. yeah, and then it came to PS4. And it was great on the Vita. Don't get me wrong. It utilized the Vita in better ways than most any other game. But it was not a commercial success. No. I don't see this being a commercial success either. No. And Little Big Planet had a great run. Carding, not so much, because uh, the carding game was awful. Yeah. But I, I don't know if Sony looks at this and says, okay, like, hey, this whole you create something genre, we have to get away from it. And if Media Molecule doesn't really want to, what does that mean? So I, I don't know. I just, I think really going into the next generation, I think Media Molecule really needs to prove themselves or this game needs to do well. But I don't see them doing either. Yeah. I agree completely. And that sucks because I love the first three Little Big Planets. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I really only played uh, Little Big Planet 2. The first one I didn't really play that much. 3 was actually made by Sumo Digital, though, right? It wasn't actually made by Media Molecule. I believe you're right now that I said that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That'll be interesting to see what happens with Dreams when it finally comes out. So I'll be in a dream. Ne uh, yeah. Next, uh, we've got Google Stadia's launch lineup has been revealed. So this is kind of interesting because this is this is Google's big push to you know start start the foray into video games. They have created something where it is uh, very niche already, where it's targeting a specific audience, an uh, audience that has um, online abilities to be able to stream uh, very high-quality games at a decent resolution and frame rate over the Internet. And 
thing is, their launch lineup does not look impressive to me. And there's a lot of games in here that look good, that are good games. Don't get me wrong. But the problem is, there's nothing here that is exclusive for one, and for two, there's nothing here that people haven't already played. So. If you're going to buy a new console, you're going to want to have something there that you haven't played already. So why would I want to buy something uh, in order to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey again, you know? So we'll just read out these games. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny 2, uh, Guilt, uh, Just Dance 2020, Kine, Mortal Kombat 11, Red Dead Redemption 2, Samurai Showdown, Thumper, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So 30% of this uh, this launch lineup is Tomb Raider. And if you haven't already beaten the Tomb Raider series at this point, then I'm not sure what you've been doing the past 10 years. I didn't beat Shadow. Uh, I haven't actually yeah, Okay, either, I was so. going to say. <laughs> yeah. To be fair. I got very close to yeah. the end. I didn't beat Shadow. I actually <laughs> haven't even started Shadow. Yeah. But, uh, wow, Daniel just got caught yeah, in his own life. I did, but you're, you see what I'm saying? that. The trilogy of games that has been out since 2009, something like that. The first game came out, I think. Uh, it was re-released on Next Gen. But there's nothing here that screams to me to buy Stadia for. There's nothing worth purchasing it for. I, the only thing that I could see people wanting to purchase at this point that's a seller is uh, Red Dead 2 because of, obviously, PC capabilities because of mods. That's really the only thing that I see on that list right there that would make me be like, mm, maybe, okay. But the th problem is the PC audience pretty much only plays on Mouse PC and keyboard, yeah. and Steam. Yep. So they, they're not going to deviate from Steam, I don't think, to Stadia, which is a streaming platform. And you're basically, you're degrading, whether any way you want to look at it, you're degrading the quality of your game when you're streaming over Stadia. There's no way they can mimic a extremely hard high powering high powered pc if you have a top of the line pc and you are looking for red dead redemption in 4k 120 frames per second whatever you have a system capable of doing that and i don't see people with that system choosing stadia which is obviously not going to be a, a, as superior uh as the pc version that they're actually playing locally on their machines so that I feel like that's one of their big problems. Yeah, I just I at, still at this point I I feel like I, I'm even less excited mm. even before. Like obviously this wasn't going to be something I was going to jump into, and you said the same thing. Yeah, but this makes me even want to less. I I don't think we should always look at consoles as like they're exclusives of what sells because we technically know that exclusives don't really move the consoles. It is the third parties, mm. but I think the exclusives start the conversation to get the rest of the community in board right like so halo infinite comes out later this year or sorry holiday uh, 2020 next year so while other games come out the conversation is going to consistently be uh xbox has a new platform coming out with the halo oh you don't know what halo is let me explain to you it's this giant franchise that type of thing yeah and then by the way hey you're gonna be able to play your call of duty you're going to be able to play your assassins, all this stuff. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Then, I'll, yeah, I'll jump on. Yeah. It, it, it's something to jump you off for it. And right now, Google doesn't have anything that wants to jump off. Right. I mean, look, on those games, I mean, Thumper, I think, is the funniest thing because Thumper is actually probably one of the best VR games there is. Yeah. 
um, and I enjoyed the hell out of it uh, playing it. But like, I tried to play it non VR, and it's not that fun. I can only imagine what that is like streaming either. Yeah, because it'll be basically the same thing. It's just I. I that's I a still, rhythm game too, right? It is. Yeah, I still don't understand at this point what this fourth system is for yeah i understand the playstation and the xbox they're two competitors that have very liked hardware um likewise with their controllers they don't try too many new things they're very similar but they're competitors yeah uh then you have nintendo who is the odd man out but he's always thought of as your secondary console um and if you're me right now primary yeah um but I think all three of those coexist very well. I think we've gotten to a very good rhythm where three consoles can coexist well. I don't think you can add a fourth in. I really don't. And I think that's what basically Google's doing. And we've all said that if anything's going to succeed, Google will succeed. I think Google is going to fail. I think this is going to be Google Glass. They're going to just basically throw away their money. Yep. So, but, well, they'll learn from their mistakes as they have in the past. Next, we have Bethesda has formed a brand new studio from the ashes of Human Head. So, Human Head was the studio that created, uh, did they create the original Prey, or were they just working on Prey 2? I can't remember who created it. They created the original Prey. They did? Okay. So, Human Head created the original Prey, and they're also uh, starting development on Prey 2, Um, and about halfway through the development of that game i think bethesda realized that uh it was kind of a disaster uh in in the devel- the game's development and it wasn't looking good at all so bethesda ended up shutting down humid head and they were um they're in they're in deep trouble so they shut down and they dissolved well now human head developers have uh, come back as a brand new studio which is called roundhouse studios and bethesda has actually been the one that actually created the studio so they're back under bethesda's banner and under a new name human he- or not human head roundhouse studios so this is going to be super interesting to watch obviously i don't think they're going back to the prey franchise because with with uh, Arc- uh arcane making that reboot of prey that's a very different type of game and I would expect Arcane to continue to work on that uh, going forward. So it'll be very interesting to see what what they would work on next. I'm not sure what else they Are they the ones on. that are rumored to do the System Shock reboot? Uh, System Shock actually has a sequel coming. That's what I thought. Sequ- System Shock 3 was kickstarted. That's right. Okay, so never mind. Not them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, more than likely new IP at this point. Um, maybe something similar to Prey. Obviously, nothing in the Prey universe, because I think Arcane... It, it is Arcane, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see them being the the team that continues that and holds that mantle from now on. Yeah. But... Arcane uh, Austin and Arcane in uh, France or wherever they're at overseas, because Arcane Austin, I believe, is the, the Prey team, and then the one overseas is the Dishonored Dishonored, team. which I don't yeah. even know if Dishonored's coming back. I know 2 did not perform well. Right. It did... Uh, critically, it did. And that was commercial. Well, at launch, the freaking input lag is what killed me. The, the input lag was awful at launch, and they didn't fix it for a long time. Supposedly, they fixed it now, but I never went back because I was just so... I never off. played the second one. I played the first yeah. one a lot. Yeah, I did too. I liked the first one a lot. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what they uh, kind of come up with next after being reincarnated. 
Uh, kind of jumping off of uh, new studio front, we have another new 2K studio in Nevada. I guess that's how you say that. Nevado, California. Navato. Navado. Okay. Like Navajo, except Navado. Navato. You keep having a D. Uh, whatever. Navato, California, uh, which is sparking uh, some Bioshock rumors. So I guess. 2K said a few weeks ago that they were going to be creating some uh, big AAA sequels to some of their beloved IP, and people are kind of uh, putting the two together saying that they're going to do something Bioshock-related. The interesting thing is, is I don't know that that's necessarily what this means. People are basically putting assumptions on this, which is saying it's going to be a Bioshock game. Kotaka was the one who reported saying that the 2K Nevada location uh, is home to a specific studio that they said is working on a new Bioshock game. But they also said in that same press release that they are making brand new IP as well. So very well could just be a brand new studio making brand new IP rather than just a sequel to Bioshock. Personally, I kind of hope that we don't see anything from Bioshock until the right people come around i don't know if these are the right people or not ken levine did a masterful job at creating that world and that story of bioshock that i would be disappointed if they took bioshock into a bad direction uh i definitely want to see more bioshock in the future and see more stories from that awesome universe but i really feel like they have to have the proper talent in place to do that and proper writers in order to make a a story that i would be invested in i just hate the revisionist history on uh bioshock infinite how everyone now wants to kind of take a dump on it which i don't understand because i love Bioshock. i I really did too i i thought the commentary on society was actually pretty good i understand that a lot of people were disappointed songbird wasn't used as much as it could have been um and how it did shove the comstock stuff in your face i get that i did not find that though to be tedious or anything like that a lot of people actually praise the first half or even the first third and then say the last two thirds aren't worth it or you know are a little boring or a slog which i disagree i do too i actually found especially when they introduced um the handyman uh, enemy yeah like i thought the game came became so much more compelling because then your uh powers i can't remember what they're called vickers yeah vickers vickers um yep. i thought those became such more in tune with like trying to figure out strategy yep. because like if you did not have the right ones the handyman screwed you up yeah like they quickly and i played it on hard at that point too so i i, I don't understand why people are so well, Bioshock 1 and 2 were amazing, but Infinite not so much. I was like, I thought there was all a good series. Yeah, yeah I thought the whole thing was a good series. Yeah. I, personally, my lowest is Bioshock 2 because it wasn't obviously my irrational DLC. games. Yeah. So, an Infinite's ending I thought was amazing. I love that ending. Like, that was one of the coolest parts. Like, because you finish Bioshock 1 and you're just so surprised by that twist ending and then you play Bioshock Infinite, and you're like, oh, they're not going to get me again. They got me again, because I was like, wow, this is incredible again. Like, that, I don't feel like any other game franchise has ever done that to me, where I was fooled again into thinking something, and then... So shame on you for that something one. else, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just unbelievable how they crafted that story, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll be excited whatever really they do, if especially if it's something in that universe, but maybe something a little different. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should be done with the Bioshock universe. I thought no. they did a very great thing, the last generation of consoles. Uh, it's a shame that we only got remasters this generation. Don't get me wrong, they got me. They suckered me, and I bought that yeah. whole thing again. But I, I'd still be kind of curious to see what happens. Yeah. Um, did you want to do the news that literally just broke? What happened? Um, so this isn't obviously on either one of our radars, but uh, they just released about 20 minutes ago uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield reviews. Oh, interesting. Um, it's get, right now it's floating on a Metacritic at 81. Oh. Um, a lot, though, of GameSpot rated a 90, IGN 9, uh, 9.3. Nice. Um, That's good, though. Yeah, I mean, a quote here from Casey DeFridas. Pokemon Sword and Shield are the best games in the series. Wow. Uh, streamlining the most tedious traditions without losing any of the charm. So, mm. I mean, that's bold saying that. Uh, I, I think it is going to be a huge seller uh, here coming up. And I'm glad that it's doing well. I still don't think this is a franchise I'm interested in. Well, as someone who's kind of fallen off the Pokemon train in uh, the last 10 years or so, I would be interested to try to check this out if it's if it's very good reviews because that was like that was one that was some of my best gaming memories was playing on my Game Boy uh, Pokemon Red Blue and Yellow like those <laughs> a rare were, candy cheat was the best those were awesome like if this game could hit on the nostalgia of that while keeping it fresh and new I I may check it out. The only thing, I just don't know, whenever they talk about, like, shiny Pokemon and all this stuff. True. And how many different types there are now. I'm like, I just remember there was, like, seven. Yeah, and there's a hundred Pokemon. Now there's, like, four million. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, we'll move on to the games we are playing. So, uh, the first game that I have kind of finished up now is Outer Worlds. So... Outer Worlds I finally finished, and it ended up taking me 39 hours, which I'm super happy with. That was a really good amount of time. I definitely was sad leaving the game because it was such a good game. Uh, I loved the quests. I loved everything about it. Every single world I went to, I wanted to explore at literally everything. So that very much made me uh, excited to play a 39 hour campaign of something that I just continuously kept enjoying. So that was very, very, very awesome uh, to finally finish up. So the, the interesting thing about the Outer Worlds is the ending is probably one of my favorite parts because the ending was basically, um, the ending was basically Fallout 3 uh, where it, basically sums up all of your actions and everything you've done throughout the story so like it's the voiceover saying you've done this you've done this and that to me oh, is, that's kind of cool it's a little wrap-up yeah. i didn't know fallout did that yeah and it's it's really one of my favorite parts because you're basically re-watching all of your decisions that you made throughout the story and it just sums it all up in one one go and i really liked that because it just it feels personal. It makes your story feel like it's the only story that Outer Worlds is. But obviously, everyone has a different outcome depending on what decisions you make. So, like, that was really awesome to see as well. Um, hopefully, that's not a spoiler. I don't think that's a spoiler. but Not if they use um, just a mechanic of a game. Right. That's it. So, uh, yeah, that was super awesome. 
Um, Luigi's Mansion 3, I jumped into. So, Luigi's Mansion 3, I really, really like. And I told you, man. I, it's fun. I, honestly, I haven't liked this uh, much uh, of a Switch game in a long time. Like, probably since Breath of the Wild. And I, I've obviously bought Smash, and I like Smash. I'm just not very good at it. And I liked Mario Kart, but obviously it was very similar to the other Mario Karts. This just, to me, feels very different and that's why i like it so everything i've liked about it has been uh the varying enemies like every boss battle feels unique uh nothing feels repetitive uh so to speak um there is some frustrating parts that i had as i was telling you about before just finding certain items in the world but the game's super forgiving because if you get stuck at a point You'll have your little helper. I forget his name. The uh, dog. Oh God, I can't remember yeah. the dog's name. Or are you talking about the no the egad guy. egad? Yeah, you have him there to help you. Like if you if you spend too much time in an area and you don't fix figure out a puzzle, he'll say, "Hey, don't forget." So did this. you notice what he communicates you with you on? Yeah, the VR headset. The Virtual Boy. Yeah. Uh, the, I thought that was such an awesome Easter egg to have. Yeah. That that's how you communicate with them. Like he's supposed to be this scientist it actually mentions it in the voiceover uh or a cutscene. how this is like amazing technology this is gonna go this is gonna be the future and all that stuff yeah. and it's like it's a known failure it's throughout failure. gaming <laughs> yeah i thought that was a really cool thing that they did yep i agree completely and one one very small complaint i would have is it does feel a little easy in my opinion uh, I bought all, all three of the bones or whatever that revive you right away, like as soon as I could, and I haven't used a single one. Yeah. So it's so you will get to a point where you do have to. Uh, unfortunately, you haven't gotten to the most frustrating boss in the game. Um, so when you get to basement level two, let me know, because uh, it's it's bad. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, the, but the puzzle itself is fun. Just the boss is horrible. Um, that's the only complaint I had about the game. That's also the game, I, one of the games I played, because yeah. um, I beat it this week. Uh, I uh, really liked the end game of it all, uh, getting everything. Um, I don't have still any impressions on multiplayer. We have yet to do that. Yeah. Um, I might at some point. I can't say for certain if I will, uh, just because I did 100% the game. So yeah. I did get all the, the gems and the booze. But I really did enjoy my time, minus the level I just said, which I know is a lot of people's complaints yeah. uh, with that game. But the boss, the bosses were, for the most part, very unique, very fun. It's very interesting how you have to figure out how each boss works because not the same strategy is going to work with every single person. Yes, the basic, you have to suck them up with your vacuum to absorb them into the whatever you call it in the nether type thing. Uh, but to get them to be that susceptible is always different. Yep. And I always admire that, that I had to kind of think about it. Yep. Um, and even the puzzles in the later half of the game will get a little bit more difficult for you where you have to kind of think about what you're doing. Right. Almost in a rush too in certain areas. Mm. Um, another game I have been playing is Katana zero or Katana zero. Uh, this game came back, uh, came out in April for the switch PC, uh, an Xbox. I can't remember if it came to PlayStation 4 or not. Um, but this is published by Devolver Digital. I believe it's it might be from the same guys that made Hotline Miami. I didn't look at it too deep enough, but I thought it was. Um, but anyways, this is a, it was on sale, so that's why. It had been on my radar for a while. Um, so it's just something I definitely wanted to check out. Uh, Aki, Aki Soft? Aki Soft. 
So it's not. They made some other game called Tower of Heaven. Um, But this is actually a lot of fun in the vein of Hotline Miami, um, where this, this, like, noir uh, 2D 16-bit game where you're essentially a ninja and you're going through these areas uh, and killing people. Uh, The story is a little nonsensical, uh, with you kind of having a little bit of... It seems like... Uh, direction on how the story goes, how your character talks. Yep. Uh, you can actually a lot of games like when you're when somebody's talking to you, you have to wait till they finish talking and all that stuff. Yep. Well, you could actually like get your, the other NPCs frustrated by going too quickly into uh, basically going to the next part of dialogue, and they'll mention it to you like, "Hey, listen to me, I'm actually talking to you." That type of thing. Um, the gameplay is very much in the vein of Super Meat Boy where it is quick action, you have to get from point A to point B, but you have to kill every single person in the room Mm. uh, before you can. And this is where it becomes challenging because everything is one-hit kill. So every enemy that you hit, they they instantly die off a one-hit, but so do you. Um, That would piss me off. (laughs) So you do have the ability to uh, slow down time and reflect bullets with your sword. So that's where you kind of get to, like, make up and do a little... Uh, showmanship type thing but the really cool thing that this is that i think is such an interesting game mechanic is you're not actually playing the game as the character what you're doing is you're creating the security tape footage for you to watch for how your character basically ran through this group of people oh that's interesting yeah so like um anytime you get set up and that you're going to go into a room Uh basically all you see is a rewind of a tape and then you move in certain ways and kill certain people and then if you die it doesn't say like oh you died it'll come back on the screen saying no that's not the way i did it or this did this way doesn't work oh that's super cool yeah so then when you're done with that level or that room basically what you do is you replay and see all of your moves and everything that you did playback in real time so if i slowed down time reflected a bullet did a jump obviously that slowed down in the game but when i'm watching the tape i just see it in that motion itself yeah so i just thought that was a really cool mechanic that i'd not ever really seen before in a game uh and i'm having a lot of fun with it i think it's only supposed to be like three to four hours long but it's still something that i've been wanting to check out i was glad to see it on sale i highly suggest it if you're into those type of games like super meat boy or hotline miami um Last thing I wanted to mention was I did play as Terry Bogard on Smash Brothers for a little bit. Um, I'm actually a fan. Really? Uh, uh, obviously not a fan of the King of Fighters or SNK, um, but I actually thought he played pretty well. Uh, his up B, I think, is very weak, but that is a detriment to all the fighters. Yeah. Uh, Ryu is awful for his up B, so is Ken. But I liked his hits. Um, he has this weird charging, almost like Ganondorf hit, uh, where, like, you know, Ganondorf kind of goes up with his leg and then slams down. Yep. Uh, he has the same thing with his fist that's almost like a falcon punch, but something that you could hold. Falcon punch! Uh, so I really like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, his fire move is actually pretty cool to where you can almost you can push a character off and then while they're coming back you can send another one and then you can actually go and then get them even more so i thought that was cool his special was really sweet to see because it's almost as encompassing like you 
you punch and then you lay out a thing of three fires. And if anybody's in that, it's actually it seems kind of hard to avoid because a lot of time when I get a special, yeah, it takes me a while to get to be able to first perform it. Like Simon Belmont's took me forever to finally get his. I did it the first try every single time because it has such a large AOE. And every time it almost felt like a one hit kill, even on a zero percenter, I think I got a kill off of it. Wow, that's cool. So I, I, I actually really liked him. I was kind of hoping once he got announced that, or once he got released, that we get the announcement for the next one. Still haven't gotten that, but we'll see how that goes. But anyways, uh, really cool. I like the stage too. Perfect, awesome. So uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and apologize in advance if you can hear me uh, <laughs> sniffling every two seconds and freaking <laughs> blowing my nose. Apparently, middle of the podcast, uh, I'm just turning into a fire hydrant. My nose is running like no other from this cold. So, all right. So, continuing on topic of the show, XO19 begins tomorrow. So, so we're done with the podcast, and we'll record back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, See you guys. No, we aren't. We aren't re-recording tomorrow. So, uh, I just thought we would bring out some predictions and expectations for XO19. I don't expect a whole heck of a lot, even though Microsoft is touting this as their biggest XO sh- event ever, even though they've only had, like, two Uh not two, but they had some back like 20 years ago. They had them a long time ago. But um, So I thought it would be interesting to kind of go over our uh, kind of predictions for that. But also there's some news on this as well. Apparently Rare will reportedly reveal a new game at XO19 as well as Obsidian. So this is interesting because I expected Rare to be here, but I expected them to just show, like, another Sea of Thieves expansion. Like, they've continuously put out new content for Sea of Thieves, which I applaud. I applaud Rare for continuing their effort on Sea of Thieves because while it may not be everyone's cup of tea, it's definitely something that people that are into really enjoy and the fact of the matter is, when Sea of Thieves came out, the number one problem was content. It didn't have enough content in it. It was very it was very much create your own fun. And now I feel like they've gotten to the point where they've added so much content for free to Sea of Thieves that it's became this game that's actually a very good game uh, that not really a lot of people have really seen because it, it doesn't get the love necessarily that it, it kind of deserves. If it was um, third person, I'd give it more love, personally. Yeah. The, the first person choice was what threw me off for it. Fair, which is fair. They could always do, like, a Bethesda approach and give you the option, yeah. which would be nice. But, um, yeah, it definitely doesn't get the credit it deserves. So I was expecting more Sea of Thieves content tomorrow from them. But apparently, according to, to this report, they're actually going to be announcing a new game. So I'm kind of curious what this new game could be because they're saying it's going to be a new ip and not like a rare ip that they already own like banjo uh, obviously battletoads are, is already coming not from rare or perfect dark that everybody wants or to. perfect dark or perfect dark reboot is what i want so freaking bad that would be awesome the downfall is they don't need another fps at this point that's very they, true. they, they don't in their wheelhouse and that's something that phil's been on record saying that he wants a stable that is full and diverse although i agree with that although they really don't have that many fps's if you think about it exclusively they have halo and that's it fps wise correct but i think halo takes up so much of the conversation that you don't want to take uh, away take away from it whereas sony pretty much has in my opinion two wheelhouses which is third person action 
and then RPGs. Yeah. They have both of those. Now, granted, third person over the work. shoulder, and it's probably a PlayStation exclusive. Probably. <laughs> they do well. I mean, they yeah. are always really good games for the most part, yeah. but they don't have a diverse platform in that sense. Agreed. But at this point, too, I don't think you need a... Halo's established. I don't think you need a first person. Sh- I don't think you need to have everything in your wheelhouse. That's the only thing I think that Xbox might be going at things a little wrong is that they w- they want this diverse wheelhouse. I don't think that's what I think you need diverse partnerships. Mm-hmm. I think you need to have your that's great have your Activision partnerships, yeah. but also have like maybe your smaller developers. Like we were talking about with Sony last week yeah. with Shuhei's new position. The thing I'll counter that with is Sometimes with PlayStation exclusives, not all the time, but sometimes I feel very samey. Like, I'll play something and I'll be like, wow, this feels very samey. Like, for instance, people were linking uh, Last of Us 2 to uh, Days Gone, not because of the gameplay being the same or anything like that, but they're very samey in terms of tone and in terms of, like, what's actually going on. Like, zombie apocalypse type experience. But... That's one thing I actually like about Xbox, and now that they've acquired these other studios like Obsidian, like I'm super stoked about that because Outer Worlds is such a different experience than like Halo Infinite. Like those are very different games. And what what I was gonna say, what's there? What's the other game that Obsidian has in development right now that's already been announced? That's already been announced. I don't know of anything else. Didn't they have that multiplayer? They have the Pillars of Eternity franchise, but I don't think they've announced it. No, don't they have the multiplayer franchise that's coming out? Or is that Ninja Theory? That's Ninja Theory. I'm sorry, I apologize. I thought that was them. No, that's that's the, uh, like, fighting game, or sort of like overwatchy type game. Yeah, but like with, like, mechs, it kind of looks like, if I remember right. Yeah, sorry. That's Ninja Theory, yeah. But uh obsidian this is probably going to be their pillars of eternity team which is that kickstarter game that uh obsidian uh kickstarted a long time ago which kind of honestly got obsidian back on the map it got them back in good shape financially um and it's not necessarily a franchise i'm interested in but it's that team i believe that is making this other ip because the outer worlds team was making outer worlds while the pillars of eternity team was making pillars of eternity one and two so i'm very interested to see what they're going to announce because obviously i love outer well, worlds. well we know it's not a third because there was yeah. reports today actually where they that, said yes that if they were going to make a third they yeah. have to redo basically the infrastructure of pillars of eternity correct so we at least know it's not going to be a third correct pillars but i i think it'll obviously be something in an rpg because New that's IP. kind of their their wheel bread and butter mm-hmm. um my hope would be something, and I get it, this is probably a pipe dream, but something in the vein of South Park Sick of Truth. Um, yeah. Granted, I understand that that's a licensed game, and it's tough to get a, for the most part, except for Sony, since they already own Spider-Man, right. uh, a licensed sort of. exclusive. Yeah. Uh, well, Sony itself owns Spider-Man. Yes. Um, yeah. But I would be very much like looking for, I thought they did such a good job with Stick of Truth, that I don't think they necessarily need an established license for it. Yeah. They can create something in that vein or that look that has maybe not necessarily. You don't need the comedy either, but I love the mechanics of that game, and I, I really appreciate just how much you appreciated Outer Worlds being 
a 100-hour RPG while not being a 100-hour RPG, if that makes sense. Yep. I really appreciate that about Sick of Truth being a 30-hour RPG and a 10-hour time limit. Yeah. I, I would really like to see something like that. They're really good with time management stuff. Yeah, respecting they, yeah, your time. Yeah, respected for it. Yeah, rather than spending, like, 40 hours wandering around in the middle of the desert in Fallout New Vegas, yeah. you're, you're going to just specific worlds that aren't going to have So, what do you think is the over-under that we actually see the Scarlet tomorrow? Zero. That's what I was... Th- I, yeah. I, was th- I was in the same mindset. Yeah, I don't think there, we'll see anything Scarlet-related whatsoever. I don't yep. think we'll see that until E3 2020 or maybe a little before that at their own reveal event. I'm not sure they're going to do their own reveal event. They did that for Xbox One. Uh, it was only a month before E3. Uh, I don't think they'll do that again. I The only thing I could see them maybe going to a reveal event is that it's no longer Dom Matrix that's doing it. It's Phil Spencer. Dom Matrix. Sorry. Um, Dom Matrix. And <laughs> don't you dare Phil, talk crap about Dom Matrix. No, I'm Phil, kidding. Phil Spencer is now such a beloved person in the community yeah. of not just Xbox, but in gaming as a whole, yeah. that I think he would really like respect and garner our respect too with whatever he's gonna say i agree but i'm glad you, i i actually agree too i don't think scarlet it is all the forefront i think it, it is letting us still know what the future xbox comes into yeah i think we're going to get a detailed some sort of detailed analysis on game pass and i know that sounds yeah. nerdy for me to know or to even want mm. i just really want to know what that looks like i yeah. i want in my mind to for this service to be justified because i think this is a service that needs to expand out to not just the other platforms but we we all know we're in a streaming future when it comes to most uh media Mm -hmm. when it comes i mean disney plus just launched yesterday yep uh i think games going this route is the future and i want that to be justified by whatever xbox says and it's interesting that you say them expanding game pass I think they will do that by announcing the xCloud release date. I think they will announce the official public release. More likely, yeah, more likely re- release that. date of, of xCloud. They've been doing testing on Android only for xCloud the last couple months or so, month or so. And uh, I, I think they will definitely put a, a solid date on that for early 2020. Um, so I think that will definitely expand on that. Uh, we're kind of running short on time, but uh, you have one more thing on here if you wanted to. Oh, uh, I really hope that we hear about a Cuphead DLC release date. Um, obviously, we actually got that last XO event, if I remember correctly. The one that was held in, what was that, Mexico City? Mexico. Um, so they, they talked about that last year and they showed it off. Um, but it was supposed to support. I think it was supposed to come out last year, but it got completely delayed, yep. which is fine. Studio, that studio, MDHR, is that who it is? Yep. Yeah. They can take whatever time they need. I will always love Cuphead. But my prediction that even though this is on an Xbox stage, that they are going to announce that it comes day and date with on the Switch as well. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is because if you remember on uh, Nintendo's E3, um, or sorry, not E3, on their uh uh what do you call that their showcase that they do every month nintendo direct direct yeah. during their direct i believe it was two directs ago they actually said banjo kazooie if you do not if you like playing the character mm-hmm. xbox has those games yeah i think that was their way to throw them a bone and i think xbox is going to reciprocate that favor yeah. because i think those two companies are looking at themselves in some sort of harmony where they can 
definitely coexist. Agreed. I think all everyone can coexist with Switch because Switch isn't a threat in that sense. Yeah. Um, but, but Sony I, hasn't thus far done, and that's just because that. they're both Japanese companies. Right. But I really hope that that's something that gets announced. That because I loved actually Cuphead more on my Switch than on my Xbox. Um, and he's wrong by the way. I I wasn't wrong about Ori. Um, you weren't wrong but, about Ori. But I really think that would be something that would even push units more so too to them. And maybe now this is where my long shot goes is maybe announcing more partnerships with Nintendo. Yeah. Um, focusing on stuff on the switch Could be. primarily record. Yeah. I would really like to see record on the switch mostly because I had such a bad experience with it on Xbox when oh. I knew it was supposed to be such a good game. I and the reason that. why is because I had one of those that glitched the entire way through. No. And I know it, there was reviewers that had the same thing happen. That's why it got mixed reviews a lot. Um, but that was my issue with it, is I glitched through it consistently, and I couldn't stand it. They, they did actually update it as well. Uh, there's an Xbox One X update uh, that they did when Xbox One X came out, and it actually it performs very well. Uh, I don't know about the launch system, yeah. but... Um, so. That'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow at XO19. Obviously, so. that'll probably be a big news reveal next week. Yeah. Because we're towards the end of the year, folks. The yeah. news ain't coming as much it's as it going was. slow. It's slow trickle. Uh, so, going into our top five, top five most anticipated games for 2020. I'm going to try and go through mine pretty quickly because we're running low on time here. And, and you're I'm, not running low on mucus. I'm growing more and more... <laughs> uh, awful here as the seconds move on so first game cyberpunk 2077 enough said i mean cd project red creates masterful games i'm very excited to play this game great rpg the only thing i'm a little concerned about is how big this game's probably gonna be like i'm just concerned how much time it's gonna take for me to actually get through this but it's gonna be a rough one it's it's I'm very excited for it. It has everything that I I love about uh, RPGs and all wrapped up into one. Yeah, Keanu. That's all you need. Keanu Reeves. Keanu. Yeah. Uh, so my first one is a surprise to me because I did not know much about this franchise, but now I cannot be more invested. Is Ori and the Will and the Will Wisp? Will the Wisp? Right? Not the Will Wisp. Will of the Wisp. You just put the Will Wisps. <laughs> you oh. made it even more difficult for me. In the world. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Whoops, my bad. Um, but I so much enjoyed that first game uh, that I just played on the Switch that after playing and beating it, I've been consuming all that media on the, the sequel, and it's looking bigger and better than the first one. I love the Metroidvania aspect. I can't wait till this comes out. I will... I hope it comes out on the Switch. If not, I will honestly tell you this is when I will plug in my Xbox again. Yes. And be playing it because I could not be more excited. Yeah, I'm very excited yeah. as well for that. Um, is it going to be a Game Pass game? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's a first party game. No, so. but I might play it just on your computer then. Yeah, you can do that yeah, too. Yeah, because I, I just, I think this franchise is just, I, I hope it continues for the most part. I agree. So uh, my next one is Doom Eternal. So obviously this was originally supposed to come out in November this year. Got delayed to March, I believe, next year. March 13th. March right? Something like that. Uh, so obviously I'm very excited about this. I've talked about this uh, on the podcast before. Very excited for Doom Eternal. The first game was one of the best uh, FPS campaigns. As far as gameplay goes, it's just so much fun 
uh, all the demons, um, killing them in all the different ways is super awesome. The, the quick time events, which normally I don't say is something I love, but, uh, when you get them to low health and you go up and melee them and it just destroys them has a different animation each time when you go to finish them. I, I love that. That's great. So very excited to play. Yeah. Doom Eternal. Uh, correction, it was March 20th. March for 20th, that. gotcha. Uh, my next one is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, so, obviously, I love Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy VII is actually my second favorite Final Fantasy game in the entire series. Um, I am super excited to see what this remake is, mm-hmm. if only because I am curious what they think the reimagining is yeah um i liked 15 i didn't love 15 but i liked 15 and this is going in that route of action rpg in a sense yeah um but obviously the story might even be better than the game itself as far as how this is being developed what's going to happen when is it only midgar that that like we all think it's going to be or is it going to be more than midgar how is this going to continue with the next generation of consoles coming out I'm very curious to see how it goes, but I mean, Cloud is one of my favorite characters in video games mm-hmm. uh, because of how stoic he was, uh, and obviously Sephiroth, hands down, is probably one of the best villains in video games. Yeah. Um, specifically, not actually in this game, but in Kingdom Hearts, uh, when you had to play him in the Hercules arena. But I am super excited to see what happens with this game. I, I can't wait to play it. I really hope they get a demo for us. Cool. So, as you can tell, I'm very excited about Final Fantasy VII as not. Yeah. All, All right, right, so this is the part where Daniel next. Daniel and I cheat. We literally just combine these next two. Yeah, yeah. the next two we both have on our list. I, I don't Honestly, I don't know how you don't cheat on this because they're just such highly anticipated games that I, I feel like everyone's excited for. Uh, and the last one on my list that everyone should be excited for too, Sean, so why isn't it on your list? Anyways... Last of Us Part 2 is the next game on my list, and obviously Last of Us Part 1 was such an unbelievable uh, experience, uh, you could say. Uh, The emotion that that game caused, the first hour of that game is just incredibly emotional, Uh, so that was really well done. I'm very excited to see what Naughty Dog does next. Uh, Obviously, I'm a huge Uncharted fan, Last of Us fan, anything Naughty Dog. I'm all in for so very excited to play as Ellie and that's of that's us what I can't wait I can't wait yeah. to play as Ellie so. especially Ellie a little bit it looks like past her teenage years maybe her early twenties yeah. at this point um, Ashley Johnson does a great job owning that character yeah. uh, I I'm curious to see what really became of the controversial ending um, we won't really talk about it since I know a lot of people played it with the playstation plus game for the first time yeah um but it's still an ending that you get uh you get closure and it's not the closure you want right um so i'm curious how the story continues i love what they did with that dlc of left behind um and i like how they explored ellie more so i'm curious if we're gonna see anything it looks like she is in a relationship with another girl i can't remember they don't really tell her name but i'm curious how that plays into it because as we know in apocalyptic worlds relationships don't exactly work out for anyone in that no <laughs> uh, i've also be curious like as since now we're playing as her and this isn't a spoiler but ellie we find out in the first like hour she's been bitten she can't be bitten again so are we really that afraid of clickers besides them just ripping us apart yeah like exactly. they can't bite us and do anything they can't affect you yeah, yeah. so I, i'd just be really curious to see how this is going i have so much faith in this game uh i can't wait till it comes out cool 
Uh, I'll let you do the next one since I love that So, one. I'll preface this by saying this has not been confirmed for 2020. But... but uh, we both pretty much think at this point that it has to be to compete. Yeah. So this is Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. Um, I know we got a short teaser trailer uh, at E3 for this, and this is when it got fully announced. Uh, but I could not be more excited for uh, us to jump back into this world. Yeah. Um, you and I both have been on record saying we've spent countless hours when the Switch launched in this. I mean, this is the first time I could say that I literally got a console 4 game uh because of how and i know you might not be thinking that way but breath of the wild is that for me even though i could have gotten on my wii u yeah but it was just such a turning point for zelda i love when they do these sequels i really do majora's mask i thought was amazing um, pseudo sequel i guess uh well no that was a sequel it is was a, it? yeah it's a sequel to ocarina gotcha. um and then obviously um a link between worlds yeah sequel to a link between a uh, link to the past so I love these Zelda sequels, and especially this world's already built for us. Yes. What else can we do in this world? I mean, we didn't. We know we didn't get dungeons. Yep. We got uh, the we got the shrines, and we got the four beasts. But yep. we didn't get like dungeons traditionally. Um, we never got the hook shot. Um, yep. So like, I'm just curious to see what else happens. Is it going to be open world? I'm assuming that's where it'll stay. But, like, what else? Zelda's been more brought into the forefront. Will we maybe play as her? Yeah. I, I just I can't wait to, wait to see what happens with this franchise. I agree with everything you just said. And playing as Zelda, I think that's definitely going to happen just based on, like, how that trailer kind of... That's what, that's what it kind of felt like to me, too. Yeah. Even if it's, like, co-op, maybe, it kind of gave me that possibility Dude, that as well. Would, I didn't even think about that. That would be yeah. pretty awesome to be in the world with somebody else. Yeah. So even if it's not online, if you're just playing uh, together in the same room yeah. or whatever, that would be interesting. But um, finally take yeah. down a gold Lionel. Yeah, and I'd love to see. <laughs> honestly, I'd love to see more shrines. Like I loved doing many of the shrines. Some of the shrines were not great, minus uh, the gyroscopic ones. Yes, I'm good yeah. with not those. Yeah, God, that was awful. I just love how different the shrines are, and I want to see more of that and see uh, more unique. Uh, additions that they can do to to those as well uh so my last one is one that sean mistakenly left off on his list for some reason because it's literally the highly most anticipated game of 2020 and that game is halo infinite of course sean that should be on your list of course i'm very excited about halo infinite and that's why i'm wearing a spartan t-shirt this wasn't planned whatsoever uh by the way uh literally I, your entire closet is just full of halo shirts so don't say that it wasn't yeah that's true yeah. and also my entire house is covered in halo stuff but that's neither here nor there uh i'm very excited for halo infinite it's a spiritual reboot of the series uh so to speak it's almost like your god of war uh from ps4 um it's very similar to that in that regard it's it's very much looking like a spiritual reboot of the series but it's still continuing the story from halo 5 and i just want to see 343 reclaim reclaim themselves after halo 5 story kind of fell completely flat and um was awful to be quite frank um 343 has proven that they can build great games they built halo 4 which has a fantastic campaign i love that campaign Halo 5's multiplayer, despite what you may think or, or what you may not think, 
Uh, it's very divisive in the Halo community because people that like the legacy uh, Halo multiplayer without sprint and without armor abilities and people that like the newer style stuff. So they definitely have a difficult task in uh, 2020 to kind of get all the Halo fans on one front. And uh, I think that will, I think they will actually deliver it. And here's the interesting thing that I always say. Man, I thought we were going to keep this short and sweet. I, I, You're this, just getting, I'm going on. I'm he's going on hard one as more, shit. There's for this one game. more thing that I always say. Halo Infinite is 343's Halo 3. So it'll be awful. And Halo 3 is the greatest game so of all awful. time. So I'm very excited. Uh, so my last one is Neo 2. Uh, obviously this was announced last February, um, during a PlayStation event, we got to see more during E3 and actually recently there was a trailer and the beta, I believe was actually last weekend. I did not get a chance to play it. Um, but I love the first one so much. I, I went on record saying that I'm excited for the second one just as much, uh, especially knowing how that is. I'm really hoping for less mission structure this time around and seeing more of an open world, almost like From Software instead. But either way, I know it's going to be a lot of fun to play it. Um, while it does have that From Software feel as far as a Soulsborne game, mm. it is a lot more action heavy uh, and stylish action, such as like Devil May Cry, stuff like that. But mm. I, I, I can't wait. I believe, if I remember right, that comes out the same day as final fantasy 7 so yeah. that day might suck for me actually uh i know i think i'm right because i think that and animal crossing all come out on the same day <laughs> oh jesus it's like freaking february at least animal animal Cro- animal crossing is a billion years like you could play that forever you don't have to play it at a certain time right true very true so thank you guys for sticking through this podcast it's been a rough one uh for me trying to make it through. it looks like there's something else that happened with all these and i don't know if it's just me getting warm but i feel like i'm starting to get a fever but anyways that's that's just how that happens yeah so just getting over it i've slowly yeah i've slowly gone downhill as this podcast has gone on so appreciate you guys sticking with us uh remember you guys can follow us at podcast pxn on twitter Really appreciate you guys checking out the uh, live stream. And remember, you can join us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. live on YouTube. And we will see you guys next week. Deuces. See